Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV is presented by the Basketball Tournament. Syracuse fans, the Basketball Tournament is coming to Syracuse this July 22-25. to Catch all the action live at SRC Arena as the Syracuse alumni team, Bayheim's Army, looks to defend their 2021 championship and win $1 million back-to-back. Tickets start at just $12 per game and you'll catch Bayheim's Army up to three times. Don't miss it. Tickets available now at thetournament.com slash Syracuse. That's the tournament.com forward slash Syracuse. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the upcoming Syracuse football season and the release of the 2022 preseason All-ACC teams. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is former Syracuse offensive lineman Michael Lasker. Michael, welcome to the program. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Definitely excited to join the show today. Yeah, Michael, we're excited to have you on, and we'll get you started on this one. You played at Syracuse from 2013 to 2016. What have you been up to since your Syracuse playing days? Yeah, so, I mean, pretty much after that, you know, once I graduated, um, I pretty much got into a career of uh, human resources. You know, it's always been a, an interest in mine. You know, I use uh, my instructional design um, master's degree and a background, you know, in that to kind of help me, you know, pivot from, you know, college football, you know, and professional sense to, uh, you know, taking it to the corporate office side, you know, of, of the business. Um, but pretty much, you know, I've been in HR and talent acquisitions ever since. That sounds like a really great fit for a people person like yourself. And Michael, you appeared in 30 games throughout your Syracuse career. What was your favorite memory from your time in central New York? Yeah, so I was thinking about this question, actually. Um, I would probably say that there's, there's two that really stand out. I would say my first one was probably um, our first game in 20, again, start 2013 against Penn State at um, MetLife Stadium, just running onto the field and hearing the, the roar of the crowd, you know, from both our fans and the Penn State fans, that was just, you know, an insane, you know, welcome to the college football moment. But also the one that probably stands out the most and is my favorite was uh, 2013 uh, playing against BC. We were, you know, five and six at the time. We needed to win this game to, to clinch bowl um, availability. And, yeah, it was, I mean, a crazy drive. I go in to replace Sean Hickey. Um, he had rolled up his ankle. Um, I go in, you know, we go just a crazy drive. Um, there's, like, a, a throwback um, play, um, reverse throwback play, and then um, Josh Ferris scores the winning touchdown. And, um, yeah, we were we were both eligible after that. That's probably the, the one moment that uh, – probably my favorite moment uh, of my Q's playing days. Yeah, I remember that Terrell Hunt running a reverse and throwing across his body for that game-winning score. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and let's chat about the current team. I wanted to get your thoughts on the offensive line heading into 2022. You started five games in your Syracuse career at guard and also at tackle. What do you think about the current group this year? 
Yeah, definitely. I definitely think they have a good, solid group, you know. Um, and I think that's what it, you know, obviously they had some struggles a few years ago, but, you know, that's just what it takes when you have a lot of young offensive linemen just trying to figure it out coming from the high school level to, you know, the college level. But, I mean, they got, you know, some, some good guys, some good pieces um, on that offensive line. I feel like last year you could really see the difference, you know, the substantial difference um, from the previous years. And they gelled really nicely this year. I know that, you know, they're losing a couple guys like, you know, Aaron Service, um, to what's going with that anchor or that offensive line. But, you know, they definitely have enough pieces, um, enough talent. Um, you know, some of the younger guys played last year, and I love what I saw. Um, I love the, uh, the, the, tack, the tackle. I'm, I think I'm blanking, but he's the Canadian tackle. I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> but uh, uh, Matt Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron. Yeah, there it is. I love the way he plays. I love his physicality, great technique, athletic athletic uh, tackle that definitely, you know, can be the heart and soul of that offensive line. So all in all, I mean, obviously what he, what Sean Tucker did, you know, <laughs> that wouldn't have been, been possible without the, you know, Q's offensive line. So they're definitely doing some things right. And uh, I believe they're going to have another great, um, great season next year as well. Another difference in the offseason is that Dino Bakers really reshuffled the coaching staff, a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterbacks coach, and a special teams coach. Do you like how Dino Bakers retooled the staff? Yeah, I think definitely it was a, a big statement. Um, you know, obviously there has been some disappointment over the last few years, and I think it was, you know, it was just the right move and what he had to do. You know, at the end of the day, um, he has to make the right decisions, you know, for himself and the program. Um, in the community, and um, him bringing in, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the couple of the coaches from Virginia, um, you know, getting some good pieces around the the team that can really benefit the players and, you know, understand what we have as, you know, as personnel. I think that that's really going to help and make a, a big difference, um, you know, for our offense this year. Um, you know, we – and then I also – I just saw the, the transfer QB from Florida. So, I mean – you know, between him, Garrett, um, you know, we definitely, and then the, also the transfer from Michigan. We, I feel like we have, there's going to be a great, good quarterback battle um, going on this year. And, you know, definitely with Sean Tucker's running game and then having the quarterback with the ability to push the ball down the field, um, I definitely think it's going to be very beneficial and it will, uh, you know, help us definitely, yeah, win, win some games this year and get to, uh, get to that postseason eligibility. That's a perfect segue into my next question. You just mentioned bowl eligibility. How do you see them doing in 2022? What's your prediction? Yeah, I say, I think the first three weeks are going to be the most important. I just took a look at the schedule. Schedule, Obviously, you know, opening up against, I believe, Louisville. Um, I mean, it's not, the, you know, it's obviously it's a tough matchup. But, I mean, I think if they can get that game and get some confidence, get, get a lot of the wins, you know, out, out the way early, I definitely can put them at, you know, a, I can see them going, you know, uh, you know, seven four, eight four type of season, but they definitely, I don't want them to put themselves in a hole, um, you know, early on and then have to fight and make every game a must-win game towards the end, you know, once you hit November um, and so forth. But I think all in all, they 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 have the potential and the the ability uh, to definitely make 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 a make postseason this year. Um, so I think, you know, at bare minimum that they, they can get at least six games, uh, probably, probably, probably closer to seven, I would say. And Michael, we'll get you out of here on this one. Anyone who knows you or follows you on Twitter knows you're a huge Lakers fan. They're obviously a disaster this year, but what's the recipe to fixing the team? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely disaster is an understatement. But, um, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, I think, obviously, the biggest piece, you know, they, that they want to say is, you know, Russ, you know, moving Russ, but his contract is just so bad that I don't know if that's possible. Um, I think that, you know, the front office and me, they're probably just going to look at it as, okay, we're just going to have to eat this cost this next year, make make the best out of a bad situation, just make everything work. Of course, they got the new coach, um, you know, in place, in place and so forth. So I definitely think finding a coach that can, you know, play with Russ, putting a, a coaching staff around him that can understand his game, and then also just health, like AD, AD has, I mean, AD has got to just stay healthy. I mean, you know, LeBron's obviously, he probably could only play 60 to 70 games maybe, and that's good, especially in his career and his age. But AD, he has to give us more than, you know, 50-plus games. You know, he's got to give us at least in that 70, mid-70 range um, for us to really have a chance. Because if he's the end-all, be-all determining factor um, of our success, I really truly believe it's AD. Or as Charles Barkley calls him, street clothes. (laughs) Yep, street clothes, yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the that's the thing. You know, he's he's a he's a top five talent, um, top ten player when healthy. Because I mean, that 2020, 2020 year when they won the championship, you know, that people want to call it the bubble championship. But you know, at the end of the day, I feel like he was a top five player, and he really helped us, you know, win that championship that year. Michael, that's great analysis. I think you should go into sports broadcasting. But, Michael, thanks again for coming on the program. Again, former Syracuse offensive lineman Michael Lasker. Michael, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on the program. Enjoy the college football season. We'll speak with you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. I'd like to be back on the show soon. Thank you. Awesome catching up with Michael. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, we're at the beginning of summer, and that means the 2022 preseason teams are being named. Syracuse had eight players make the Athlon Sports preseason All-ACC teams, headlined by first-teamers Michael Jones and Sean Tucker. Break down what that means for Syracuse. In a word, Wes, I'd say optimism. It's always fun this time of the year when uh, the media and folks uh, following college football start to put preseason predictions together uh, during the summer before uh, training camp has even started in August, and it's a lot of fun and gets you really excited for the upcoming season. And it's great to see, you know, the the, the Athlons, uh, you know, really respected publication. Uh, they follow the sport, you know, for so many years and have different reporters covering ACC teams. So for this first take at, you know, who are the best among the best in the ACC this season, to see eight Syracuse players over four teams is really, really good news. Of course, it's highlighted, as you said, by Sean Tucker and Mikel Jones. And, you know, for what's most likely the last season we're going to see them in Syracuse uniforms, expect them both to have breakout years, Uh, Sean Tucker to be in Heisman Trophy contention, and Mikel Jones certainly to make first team all ACC and various, you know, shots at different All-American teams. I I like the – Second team players as well, you know, Matthew Bergeron along the offensive line. I really think the O-line is going to have a great year led by Bergeron. There's returning players there, uh, a lot of potential, a lot of talent. I'm really seeing, you know, thinking big things for the offensive line this year. Uh, then uh, on defense, Deuce Chestnut had an outstanding first season in a Syracuse uniform. I expect that growth to continue under Tony White's leadership as the D coordinator. 
And great to see special teams represented by Trebor Pena as the kick returner. I also think that Bob Likashevsky's uh, hiring as the special teams coordinator is really going to pay huge dividends. That was a glaring weakness for the Orange team last season, just missing on a bowl game. And I really expect to see big things from all of the units and special teams this year. Stephon Thompson, third team for Athlons at linebacker. Well, that's probably, you know, the most impressive unit overall because I love Marlo Wax as well. And, you know, cer- certainly think he's a player that would deserve uh, some preseason consideration. So Stephon Thompson just really improving at the linebacker core for the Orange. And then the fourth team selections, Garrett Williams, another standout in the defensive secondary. I really think that he's underrated as a fourth team preseason selection. I really think he's going to have a tremendous year for Syracuse. And then we got the good news back in December when Andre Schmidt decided not to forego his final year of eligibility and come back to the Syracuse program. Let's hope he can reclaim the uh, status he had in 2018 as a Luke Rosa award winner. I really expect to see Andre Schmidt have a bounce back season uh, all around to be able to be a threat, uh, you know, anywhere from 45 yards and in on a field goal. And certainly this is an important factor here, the kickoffs. Uh, Gino Babers made it a point, West, to comment during the spring game that none of the kicks were going into the end zone. And of course that was not live competition. They were just teeing up the football and kicking it off. None of the kicks went into the end zone. You really have to force touchbacks and prevent the other team from having any sort of a return and get the ball first and 10 on the 25-yard line. So very impressive group of Syracuse eight players uh, recognized by Athlons to get preseason all-ACC consideration. Brad, these are always just guesses as to how the season's going to go. Do you see any Syracuse players not named here that may get the nod when the season wraps up? I'll start on defense, Wes, with the aforementioned Marlowe Wax at the linebacker, uh, linebacking core. Uh, I really love his play, love his hitting, love his tackling. So he's one person that certainly stands out. And how about a little bit of love for the defensive line? We've talked about on previous uh, podcasts about that's one area with a big question mark going into the 2022 season for SU. But Caleb o- Okachuku, uh, you know, I expect him to be the leader there along with Steve Linton. So I'll throw his name out there as a player on the defensive side. And then on offense, really would like to see something out of the quarterback position. Now, whether that turns out to be Garrett Schrader or potentially incoming Florida transfer Carlos Del Rio Wilson, the ACC is loaded with great quarterbacks going into the year. And certainly would like to see, you know, one of those two players, Schrader with all the experience coming back this year to take a hold there and, you know, maybe really stick out and, uh, stand out for the Syracuse offense at that position. And then likewise at the wide receiver core, really like to see a big season out of Courtney Jackson. Uh, Syracuse needs to really have a dual threat offensively with Sean Tucker's running game and really like to see somebody like Courtney Jackson step up as a wide receiver. And then I'm going to throw another name out there, a young player that I really liked in his first year, Kalen Ellis along the offensive line. I really think he has enormous potential going into a sophomore season. And then from special teams, I've been a big James Williams fan since he came out of high school in Georgia. Uh, didn't, didn't win the job his first year. You know, struggled a little bit. Also had injuries and sickness last year, but he had a great spring game. And, you know, he may be in the battle there for the kickoff position with Andre Schmidt. 
because, again, that's going to be really important for field position. So I'll throw punter James Williams in there as well. And, Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. My closing thought is an invitation to our listeners to uh, read my Orange Watch column this week. Uh, Go back and take a look at the history of network TV broadcasts for Syracuse football. Really interesting topic to me, Wes, because, you know, we take it for granted today that every Syracuse football game is going to be broadcast live either on television or certainly available to be streamed. So we expect to be able to watch the games. That wasn't always the case, and it really wasn't until the 2006 season, so basically 16 years ago, in which we could expect Syracuse football games week in and week out to be broadcast. Through the the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, right into the 1990s when ESPN and other cable TV uh, broadcasts became readily available, watching Syracuse football on TV was a rarity. And I take a look back in the column this week at the games that were broadcast in those glory years under Ben Schwartzwalder, then going into the 60s, and then the rebirth of the program under Dick McPherson. And it was really interesting to see. I'm going to name just 10 announcers quickly that have broadcast Syracuse football games. They're all legendary Hall of Famers. Red Barber, Marty Glickman, Lindsey Nelson, Jim McKay, Keith Jackson, Kurt Gowdy, Brent Musburger, Al Michaels, and Jim Nance. So really impressive, very interesting, and I think readers will really enjoy a look at Syracuse football's TV history. Brad, my closing thoughts are in the Premier Lacrosse League. The season just got underway this past weekend, and nine former Orange lacrosse players are scattered throughout the league. Some of the guys that I enjoyed watching include Stephen Reefus, Brandon Bomberry, and Nate Solomon. They all happen to be playing for the Cannons, who defeated the Water Dogs in their inaugural game, 16-10. Bomberry and Reefus combining for three points in the win. Really looking forward to catching more of them as the PLL season goes on. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that people say shotgun when they want the front seat. You should really say shotgun when you're eating rice and you have to sneeze. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.